All right, Painter, I saved this especially for you to get started. You ready? I'm ready, baby. All right, here we go. Can we get it? Oh, this one actually. There you go. That come through? I didn't really hear that one, which makes me sort of oh, sad. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, he was doing some high-quality ASMR. You're going to have to hear that one in post, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, it is, it is uh, time for another Auburn observer podcast and this is a special one for a number of reasons uh first of all this is game week this is going to come out on sunday and it'll be it will be game week it'll be akron game week we will discuss uh all that and, and probably get a bigger breakdown of the game in general later this week but um secondly um this is this will probably end up being the last podcast we do before the one year anniversary which is wednesday um yeah so that's exciting uh it's hard to believe it's been a year uh painter it has been a good one too in many ways i know it's been tough in other ways but selfishly this endeavor has been one of the brightest spots uh Mm -hmm. in my life over the last year so shouts out to all of y'all and ferg for doing this also also it's a special one because uh, Painter and I are not in the same room uh, like we usually are, uh, although we did most of our first podcast like this. Um, but this is going to be the new setup moving forward because Painter has an announcement, question mark. You want to go ahead and get, get to it? Sure. I am moving to a different state, not this one. <laughs> you- you were leaving. You were leaving Auburn, Alabama, for the first time ever? Question mark. Yeah, yeah. I've never lived in another town. I've been a townie all of my life. I went to summer camp, but that doesn't really count. You know, you're coming back, so you're only a few hours away, etc. Although we did have some international summer campers, they were more than a few hours away. I digress. Yeah. I am moving, and in an attempt to not dox myself after previously doxing myself. I'm going to let this be a mystery. Okay, so it'll be a mystery. Painter is moving. He will no longer live in Auburn. However, if you think for a second that this means anything different for the Auburn Observer podcast, for the Auburn Observer in general, well, you're an idiot. That's right. Don't be an idiot. That's right. Don't be be an idiot. Believe us. Uh, No, Painter, Painter has continued to be a real... Uh, I mean, I couldn't do any of this, especially the podcast side. Couldn't do this without out him. Everyone loves his golden voice. Everyone loves uh, how well he edits this podcast and he provides the perspective uh, of the fan. And he's not going anywhere. Uh, pretty much every podcast you listen to um, is with people who aren't in person, <laughs> usually. Um, a lot of your favorite podcasts, people do it remotely. I don't know if I'm pulling back the curtain there too much. And we did we did this remotely. I mean, really, for the better part of you know all of last season, I think. I don't know when we started getting back together in person. I think it was after both of us were vaccinated, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, yeah, Painter is, a Painter is going to continue to produce and co-host and edit The Observer. We are rolling on as normal. He just We just won't be in the same room anymore to record these, which is not fun, but I'm excited for Painter and this next chapter in his life and the internet and technology is rather amazing and that we can continue to do this uh without necessarily sharing a zip code yes 
All of that, yes. Thank you for the kind words. So, Painter, why don't we why don't we uh, start this new era of the podcast on right now, shall we? It's the Auburn Observer Podcast, the weekend edition, the week one opener edition, the week zero wrap-up edition, whatever you want to call it. Justin Ferguson right here, Painter Sharpless over there. Painter, hello. Howdy, howdy, howdy. All right, so we have uh, we have a good bit to talk about. This is the start of game week. Um, some things are going to be new and different this, week, uh, this, this season for Auburn, obviously with Brian Hartson and the new staff. Well, shaking out, shaking around the schedule a little bit uh, from what we're used to. Um, so keep an eye out on that and what we what we do with our availabilities and whatnot moving forward. Uh, but uh, we will we will be hearing from Brian Harson and Auburn very shortly uh, about this opening game against Akron. Auburn on Saturday afternoon did another open practice, very similar to one the one they did in the spring. Uh, the rain was not great. Uh, I think the weather kept a good bit of people from attending, so it was kind of a sparse crowd. But those who were there, I think, got to see a decent amount. Uh, a lot of drills, some good team. It was, it was close to kind of 50-50, like team stuff and individual drills. Not too dissimilar from what we saw in uh, in the open period. Um, if you're an Observer subscriber, you got uh, we, we did live updates for that on Saturday afternoon. A lot of you joined in on that. A lot of you... We're a part of it, and that was really cool to see. Appreciate everybody who was who, who who chimed in with the live part of it, and you can go back and and read through those if you are a uh, if you are a uh, subscriber. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, we're going to take today's podcast to talk about a lot of what we learned on Saturday, kind of set the tone for the Akron game, uh, and just kind of final super preseason thoughts. Um, by the time we do our next podcast, it'll be full on. Uh, let's preview that Akron game. So, Painter, you were not at Jordan here on s- Saturday afternoon. You've been you've you, you've been a you've been a busy man uh, working on uh, getting all your stuff packed up for your big move. Um, so, as we like to do on the show, sometimes we're just going to lob it over to you and let's see let's see what direction we want to go with in this one how similar was their routine are they trying to mimic everything that they will be doing in terms of warm-ups running out etc like i presume that given that we didn't it wasn't a scrimmage right we saw lots of drills and and scenarios so i presume that in other ways they were trying to mimic exactly what it is they will be doing next saturday yeah, so the opening part of practice, they went through a, a warm-up like they're going to do next Saturday night in, in Jordan-Hare. They did the, okay, this is how we come out. This is how we're going to do the stretches. Here's how we're going to you know, separate uh, different work. It's like seven-on-seven seven stuff. And then uh, once that gets done, run back to the locker room and then you know go through all that, meet up. They came back out there and ran through the rest of practice. So, yeah, it was it was kind of a dress rehearsal from that perspective. We've heard that in the past. A lot of the uh, operational stuff that you want to get down, they usually do that on this 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 last week before practice, the uh, or last week before the game, the the season starts in the first game. So you saw some of that 
uh, on Saturday. So yeah, it was a lot of just like getting used to it. And yes, the head coach was not there. Um, they had a lot of, uh, I know they had one camera on the field and they had another one up top under the, under the scoreboard. Um, that, so he, he definitely got, got a, got a good perspective on everything and, and was able to, to get involved remotely. Um, but yeah, the, the big thing was they tried to do as much as they can to get everything looking like how it's going to look next Saturday. Uh, some people are asking in the uh, in the live updates about the other coaches. You know, of course, we heard about Derek Mason testing positive. Were all the other coaches out there? Yeah, all the other assistants, uh, the assistant coaches were all accounted for. Very good news for Auburn. There, um, there was one position group in particular that looked like they had several absences. Um, but for the most part, it seemed to be, you know, pretty, it, it seemed to be, you know, close to all hands on deck elsewhere. So, um, you know, I think people were worried about, Hey, they go out to practice. Is everybody still gone? Um, you know, outbreak, stuff like that. Uh, there were a few absences out there. And again, you know, I don't know how Auburn wanted to handle this cause it was open, but, um, I'm just going to continue to kind of go with the, with the same, wave that we were doing in 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 practices but there was one particular position group and if you go back through and kind of look at some of the the first team and second team stuff you might be able to pick it out um from from there um that seemed to be had some absences um there were a couple guys who weren't fully uh participating in practice as well but um i think the good sign for auburn is is that you know it looked like they had they had a, a, the vast majority of their guys out there, which is great news after what we've heard with, um, you know, possible positive tests and and just getting close to the season and uh, trying to everybody trying to do their best to to stay healthy. If you are off the Bonex train, do you like to see T.J. Finley out there grinding, getting in the extra throws, standing next to Anders Carlson while he kicks his beautiful leg? So. Let's talk about TJ Finley and Bo Nix for real quick. Because I wrote last Thursday at the Observer about what Brian Harson said about the quarterbacks, how it felt like it, he kind of left the door open for, for Finley. Hey, we might use some guys. And I think that's still true. You go to the practice out there on Saturday, though. First team from beginning to end was nothing but um, Bo Nix. And Bo, you know, they weren't going all out in terms of like, uh, you know, in terms of, um, like super heavy pass rush, you know, it wasn't, it was, it was, you know, especially for the quarterbacks, I think they were, you know, playing tag tempo guys weren't getting tackled to the ground at all during the scrimmage. It doesn't matter if you were a quarterback or not. Um, so, you know, it wasn't the full on effect, but Bo looked good. I thought, um, you know, during some pace drills and some team stuff, I think his ball placement was good. Um, didn't seem to panic under the pass rush. There was one time in a pace drill where Marcus Harris got really good pressure on the left side, and he you know scrambled out and, and tried to make something happen. But it, that's exactly what you wanted to see. The thing for Finley is firmly with the second team, and I, I, I think the thing with T.J. Finley is it's pretty obvious that he's 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 huge and he's got a great arm. He's got a lot of that going on, but it still seems that when he takes a snap sometimes and back there, just from my perspective, it's like, okay, he's still getting used to this offense. He's still, he's still trying to, oh, here's where I need to go with the ball here. You know, here's what I need to do on this play specifically. And that makes sense because Bo Nick's got a head start. And that's something that Brian Hartson even mentioned 
um, you know, last week when we talked to him. So I, I think the thing there is is that Knicks is the number one guy, and he's going to be the number one guy. And I think they're leaving the door open that they could play uh, TJ Finley maybe in these first couple of games. But, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, Bo Nix is, or, you know, Bo Nix is named the starter, quote-unquote, and it's like a, you know, a real tight competition or something like that. I think it's just going to be one of those things where um, Finley's continuing to progress in this offense uh, because Nix has a head start and the experience advantage over him, and, and that has seemed to kind of make a, a bit of a difference. I think some of the plays that you saw on, on Saturday with, with those guys at quarterback – Nick did a good job getting the ball in his hands, getting it out quick, like knowing where to go with it. And Finley seems like maybe holding on to it a little too much, you know, kind of, kind of doing a lot of thinking. Bo kind of playing a little bit more reactive, and that makes sense because you know he's been in this offense a little bit longer. Um, so, uh, but if you if you wanted to watch T.J. Finley throw the ball, and for those of you who are out there on Saturday, um, you got to watch a dude who can put some zip on his throws. Uh, my dad was spotting with me. Um, you know, he came to he came to the practice kind of like he did in the spring, and invaluable help. So everybody who was asking about certain, um, you know, who's going where and stuff like that, you know, he, he was big in helping me kind of run down the uh, those lists. So uh, shout out shout out to my dad for helping helping us out there. Um, this is the first time he's seen Finley throw the ball, and he was like, "Man, that guy can that guy can really put put some zip on it." And I think that's I think that's obvious for anybody watching. He's got he's got the traits. I think there's a lot of the, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to say mental side. I don't want to hammer home on mental side too much because I feel like that's something that can be um, applied and 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 used against people stereotypically quarterbacks who look like T.J. Finley. Um, so be very careful here with that. But my thing is with the Finley. I think there's still a lot of that knowledge of the offense and knowing where to go with it and being a fluid with it I think that he still is working his way up to that he's made progress in that area but I think when things are in kind of team settings you can see that Nick's is ahead quarterbacks do the throwing receivers do the catching and it seems like that is something that that we hear about yes it seems like our short king will be catching a lot Okay, so this was something we saw in the open spring practice as well. We saw it in the um, in the eight day game. We've seen it throughout fall camp as well. There's a real chance Javarius Johnson catches a ton of passes for Auburn this season. Are we planting because... our flag on the uh, Ryan Davis record right now, right here before the season starts? Are we saying that Javarius <laughs> Johnson is breaking records and that the Auburn fans will get the slants that they've been craving for a decade? I mean, slants, outs. The, the thing with Javarius Johnson is I think it's very obvious when you watch him. He looks like the smoothest route runner out there. And he's got that natural speed and agility that is hard to cover, right? He comes from a great program. I was actually talking uh, to Jason Caldwell, uh, who uh, knows everyone in the state of Alabama and knows <laughs> every football team in the state of Alabama and is just an invaluable uh, resource uh, for for football information, both at Auburn and you know recruiting. Um, if you don't follow Jason, and you don't read Jason. You're doing yourself a giant disservice. The man, the man is an icon around here. But I was talking to Jason. Um, so I've been covering high school football games, and 
the first three I've covered this season, for the most part, it's been like the offenses have kind of been in neutral. And there's a lot of like games that you see games around the state where it's like, man, there's a lot of low scoring games against with some good teams. And uh, I was, I, I remarked to Jason, I was like, I don't know if I've seen an offense like really kind of get it going um, against a, against a quality opponent, I guess, you know, so far. <laughs> and Jason said, well, I was at Hewitt Trussell last week and uh, they had it rolling uh, early. Um, and, and, and that's where Javaris Johnson is from, you know, and, and Auburn is, you know, picked up another um, commitment from Amari Kelly, who's who's a uh, who is a Hewitt Trussell guy. There's just something about dudes who come out of that program. Noah Benogany was the same way. Um, that they they get them ready. They get them right and ready. Uh, you want to talk about another Hewitt Trussell kid? We'll mention him in a moment. Sean Jackson, the walk-on running back. Uh, I have a I have a take on Sean Jackson that I, that I that I want to give later when we talk about the running backs. But um, you know, Javarius Johnson. I think right now when you look at the receiver group, Johnson looks like a dude that they're very comfortable getting the ball to. It looks like him and Nick's have a really good connection, which is a good sign. I feel like Demetrius Robertson's kind of established himself as the guy at flanker. Now, Kobe Hudson had some had some good work there. They've played Malcolm Johnson out there uh, as well. Kayla Newton. That split end spot. If you're looking for uh, who might be on top of the depth chart, if we get one early next week for the Akron game, if you're looking for somebody who might be on the depth chart and Auburn fans be like, huh, okay. If it's not TD Moultrie, which I think more and people are kind of getting on board with TD Moultrie being, being a guy, being the top guy with Derek Hall at Buckeye, whoops, Edge um, right now. There's a real good chance it's Cedric Jackson. And I know that's taken a lot of people by surprise. Uh, because of you know what we've seen, or more more than likely, what we haven't seen from Jackson so far in his Auburn career. I think the casual observer, myself included, has gone into this season wondering: with a new coaching staff, does Jackson actually display a level of uh, threat as a receiver, or does he continue to do the thing that he's done very well? Do I, as an Auburn fan, want to invest in getting excited about him? Am I hearing? Right. Am I hearing that? Yes, in fact, that might be the case. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I think we saw with that first team offense, we saw a lot of Shedrick Jackson out there at split end, but we also saw some of Xavion Capers, Elijah Canyon. Um, it, it, that feels kind of open, you know, but if Shedrick Jackson's the guy, he's an older guy, um, I would not be surprised, but I think some Auburn fans will because it's like, okay, well, we know he's got a ton of snaps. I mean, he, he out-snapped last season uh, Eli Stove. However, he's not a guy who gets the ball a lot. And he's done a lot of dirty work as a blocker because he's very, very good at that. But I think in this offense, he's going to get more opportunities to run routes and get open. Like, split in in this offense is, is not going to be a blocker. Like, it's not. It just – it just. now, can't you, are you going to have to do that? Sure. Every wide receiver in an offense who wants to run the ball well, especially the outside, is going to have to do it. But um, I, I will say that – Shedrick Jackson, this might be this chance where he just kind of gets unleashed a little bit because one of the things that Shedrick Jackson's always stood out to me in his career, he's such a good athlete. I mean, beyond look who his uncle is, but I mean, he's a really good athlete. Hoover puts out really good athletes. He just seemed like he had a smoothness to his game coming out of high school that I think 
if he can put it all together and get open consistently, he might be that guy. Now, I do think the first couple games of the season, it's like, all right, whoever steps up and makes the most plays ends up being the guy out there. But don't be surprised if first drive against Akron, you see Cheddar Jackson out there at split end. Um, but it could be Capers, could be Canyon. I I I would be buying into I would be buying in, into Shedder Jackson right now if I if I were if I were you an Auburn fan. Some Sheddy stock. All right, Shedrick, come on, baby, bring it home, bring it home. All right, home base for Bo Nix. Pre- are you gonna be okay? Are you? Are, hold on. Are you gonna be? Are you gonna be okay with uh, with rooting for a guy from Hoover? Yes, one of my good friends played quarterback there. Um, so I, oh, really? that's fine. You're friends with John Parker Wilson? No, no, that would be tight <laughs> though. That would be tight. Um, I was reminded last night that Zeke Pike is doing really well. Didn't go to Hoover, but just thinking about quarterbacks that might at one oh, point yeah. have been easy to dislike and then seemingly, uh, good for Zeke Pike. Good for you for getting your paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has nothing yeah. to do with this though, which is that the, uh, the offensive line, did it look just as you expected it to? So, the two deep that Harson gave us last week held to form. Uh, left to right, left tackle, uh, Austin Troxel, left guard, Brandon Council, center, Nick Brahms, right guard, uh, Keandre Jones, right tackle, Bradarius Ham. I accidentally left Bradarius Ham out in one of the things that I, that I did on, on uh, Saturday. Yes, he is the right tackle. Uh, that backup group, left tackle being um, Killian Zire, uh Left guard being um, Alec Jackson, center Jaleel Irvin, right guard uh, Tayshawn Manning, and right tackle Brendan Coffey. Uh, we did see some Cam Stutz out there, guys moving around doing some things. So, yeah, it, it held up um, kind of like what, as we expected. A lot of, you know, guys weren't going full contact, uh, you know, in, in, in drills, so it wasn't the – it wasn't the full, you know, the full high octane version of what you would are going to expect to see, even when you play Akron and Alabama State. But thought the pass protection looked pretty solid. Uh, there were some times, especially the second and third team, there were times when guys got into the backfield and made some plays. Um, Marcus Harris, Marcus Harris looks really good. Uh, if if you're uh, that Marcus Harris Colby like, so that not to get too far off and go to defense, but that. That pass rush, that key pass rush package you see right now when they go nickel, it's Colby Wooden and Marcus Harris on the inside, and then the edge spots of Derek Hall and T.D. Moultrie. That's a lot of speed and a lot of power. Um, so I'm interested to see how all that works out. Harris did a good job of getting to the quarterback uh, on occasion. He looks really good. But I thought that I thought that second uh, or I thought that first team offensive line was solid. Right? You know. It, didn't see a ton of running uh, running room. They didn't really work Tank and Sean a lot uh, for obvious reasons uh, against those fir- that first and second uh, first and second team defense. Um, but solid in pass protection. When Bo needed to run, he ran. He didn't bail out of the pocket too early, um, from what I saw and what I remember. Solid, right? This isn't. I mean, th- this was a lot of scale, a lot of. You know, a lot of stuff that is football esque, but not necessarily what you're going to get in full speed, full speed, full contact football. But I think that line, the communication's good with them, and it's just going to be a matter of what does it look like when the bullets start flying for real, right? And I think that group, 
if you look at the if you look at them from left to right, there's a lot of potential and a lot of experience. It's just can you kind of get it all together? Um, what do we make of our tight ends? Is there really any? It seems like it's pretty clear that Shanker and Deal are going to be playing mm-hmm, a lot, and the other guys will probably be situational. Yeah, it looks like Fromm's kind of the third guy up there, and then Frazier might be the situational play. Uh, Landon King uh, in there with the, with the third team. Um, I did want to mention one more thing about the offensive line, though. Uh, if you look at that offensive line from left to right, putting uh, Brandon – and I can't remember if I talked about this on last week's podcast, but putting Brandon Council on the left side, if you're going to go as under center as much as Auburn's going to, beefing up the left side of that offensive line and, and pass protection I think is a, is a smart play. Um, Troxel, if he can stay healthy, is a good pass protector. Council was – I mean, Auburn's pass protection was not the same after Brandon Council got hurt last season. Keandre Jones and Britt Aries Ham, I think that is a formidable run blocking duo. Those guys can can move some weight over there. So I like kind of the balance going on that. But with the tight ends, um, yeah, it seems like Shanker and Deal are the one or one A and one B. Um, I feel like if they want to go fullback or kind of the blocking type, they'll lean to Deal a little bit more. Shanker is kind of the guy that can do everything. Shanker is probably the guy who's quote unquote the starter there. Um, what was that? I was doing my best impersonation of a Swiss Army knife. Oh, okay. So yeah, painter. Which really like is doing... me doing like a ninja thing. Which... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It looked like a ninja, and I was trying to figure out. You know, podcasting is a visual medium. I was trying to figure out like what what you were doing with that. But yeah, Swiss Army knife. I think that's the best. I think that's the best way. Like John Samuel Shanker at this point in his career, you can say, "All right, dude." Can you go out there and block for us? Can you run this route? Can you go deep? Can you uh, play a little fullback? Can you, can you go split deep? out wide if we need? Can you, you know, pick up a bat and be a designated hitter on a in a in a midweek game in baseball? Yeah, to. he can do all that. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, there is chatter. We've had a fantasy draft uh, amongst my friends, and the tight end position was a controversial position at Quorum. We were trying to. Uh, reestablish some rules about the tight end but uh good friend of the podcast uh, the observer dave mckinney wanted me to pass along yes a hello to you and then also uh, a good friend of mine matthew burson has said he will be starting a podcast called the auburn spectator which reviews mm. auburn observer podcast and he has certainly held my feet to the fire with all of the optimism and Bo Nix love over the last year. So I just want to throw him a bone, um, and I really hope he can get the Auburn Spectator off the ground. And that was my selfish way of segueing because we did have a controversial moment in the league with tight ends, and we love our tight ends, folks. So what was the controversy? We wanted a rule change. Well, I say we. Some They got voted down, but there was a proposal because it's a 16-man league to take the tight end spot and make it a flex position because there's such a oh, large wow. drop off after like the second or third tight end, you know, and yes. like a lot yeah, of yeah. a lot of people like the idea that the tight end position is sort of like a lottery, and it's like you're just hoping that your guy gets a touchdown that week. The position gets dropped frequently in our league. Last year I had Kelsey, so like I, I was in a good spot, but most people yeah, are Kelsey just constantly looking at matchups, right? So uh, that's mm-hmm. that. Shouts out to the Auburn Spectator. And our friend Dave McKinney, who had Willie's wings last evening. Okay, so I was going to mention that. Two things. Number one, 
Uh, I had Kelsey last year when I won the league, in another league I'm in. Took home some um, bank, baby. Yeah, and uh, got uh, got di- couldn't get Kelsey this year, but I did get George Kittle, so I'm happy about that. Um, number two, Young King Dave McKinney noticed he was he got some willies. Uh, the man, I don't know between that and wooden chopsticks, I don't know anybody who 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 shares the gospel of his favorite restaurants better than <laughs> Dave does. <laughs> Yes, Dave is uh, certainly a believer. Yeah, so shout out to shout out to those those fine establishments, both of them for sure. I'll give them free advertising because they both rip. So yeah, go go to go to Willie's, go to go to Wooden Chopsticks for sure. Anything um, else on the tight ends? Have I have I not, have it, I taken us off course? Like, no, it's just like it, it was a lot of the same that we've seen all fall camp. It's like okay, yeah, they're throwing the ball to the tight ends. Yep, that's a that's a thing they're going to do. Uh, there are times where they go under center and they have a fullback. There are times where they go two tight end sets. They're going to be used, guys. Like I don't know, you know, am I expecting Auburn to become Iowa overnight? No, but you know, I, I think that they could be really good and really effective at that position. Let's go to running backs here as we're bouncing around. Um, I smell terrible. You do? Oh. It's brutal. I'm glad. Now I'm glad I'm not in here with you. Yeah, I've been moving. You know, it's humid. My goodness, it's just like one of those moments when you realize you can smell yourself. Mm. Tough scenes. Tough scenes. Um, so running back, not seeing a ton of work for Tank. You know what you got there, Sean Shivers, second team. Jarquez Hunter looks like so the packing order looks like it's going Bigsby, um, Shivers. Hunter, Ingram, Jordan Ingram at four, and then Sean Jackson at five. Now let's talk about Sean Jackson a little bit. Sean Jackson, um, we got tipped off earlier. I want to I make sure I, I, I shout it out correctly. Um, Sean Jackson, I got shouted, uh, I got uh, a, a heads up from uh, listener Jared right before the camp started. And he said, hey, I see this guy, Sean Jackson, on the roster. I watched him at Hewitt Trustful. Uh, he was a pretty good back. I'm surprised he didn't go FBS somewhere and he's walking on here. Um, keep an eye on him. And, yeah, I mean, we've even seen him get some third-team work and saw it again on Saturday. Uh, Sean Jackson, I think, you know, we'll see that one-two punch of Bigsby and Shivers is pretty much locked in where you, where you want it to be. I think Hunter gives you a lot. And and Ingram, I think, gives you a different dimension. He's a little taller. He, he he more of a more of a pass catcher. I think the way he played in fall camp, I think there's room for Sean Jackson. And Painter, I know you love your short kings, Javarius Johnson, uh, Sean Shivers, obviously, um, some others on the team. Can I can I can I give you a short king profile on Sean Jackson here, real quick? Please, please, and thank you. Sean Jackson is listed on the roster at five foot nine, two hundred and thirty six pounds. We're talking Frank Gore type of type of uh, uh, size here. We're talking uh, that's the kind of archetype we're dealing with. Sean Jackson, though, he does. In all honesty, if Auburn goes third and short and wants to just hand the ball off into a pile, that's the guy I'm, I, I'm thinking they can go with, and I think they they would be fine with that. They're like, hey. This is going to hurt. We're going to run you right into the middle of the line, and we need a yard, or we need, you know, just move the chains for us. 
And we're not necessarily wanting to put our All-American potential running back back there. Or maybe Sean Shivers isn't the best fit at this spot. Or Hunter or Ingram. That's a role that he can play. We can see the short yardage vulture. And in, in, we see it in the NFL all the time, that power running back. I think you even have a position for it in Madden uh, if you're trying to set your depth chart. And to me, that's Sean Jackson. And so very curious to see what they do. He did get some work with it with the threes. And he's an interesting case. Uh, I mentioned Jason Caldwell earlier. He wrote a story about him over at uh, over at uh, 247 earlier in camp. This is a guy that had offer from UAB, I believe. Uh, was great. He was a one-two punch, a little thunder-lightning combo with uh, former Auburn commitment Armani Goodwin, who is now at LSU. Um, but at Hewitt Trustful, and as a senior, he had 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns. Uh, he was an All-State player. And from the from what I've heard, it was just like this guy thought he you know could really work and, and stick on an SEC roster, so he was willing to walk on and get that opportunity. Here he is. So keep an eye out. Number 44, Sean Jackson. As my dad said as he was running across, he was like, huh. And it's probably the 44, but you come across as like, you see an Auburn running back wear 44 and you start thinking of Ben Tate. You start thinking some good vibes there because uh, that's a it's a strong running back number. Predictably late, perhaps even lackadaisical at this point, this take. But it seems like people are saying a man like that might not be a walk-on much longer. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, speaking of walk-on, can we take a brief little detour here? Yeah, well, nicely brief, done. Brief. Wow, really smooth for, for this podcast anyway. Yeah, a little brief detour, detour here. Talking about talking about walk-ons. Shout out to dear old Auburn High's very own Preston Cook on getting a scholarship for Auburn basketball. We love it, folks. Painter is a proud alum. How do you feel about uh, one of Auburn's own getting getting a well-earned scholarship on Bruce Pearl's roster? Uh, from what I understand, people really like Preston, and we love the yep. feel-good stories of the walk-ons going on to national title-winning teams and getting a scholarship. And, of course, I say that because Auburn will win the national title in basketball. There you go. There you go. You heard it here first. Uh, yeah, really cool stuff. I mean, my whole thing about basketball is, like, look, if you have 13 scholarships, you're not going to play 13 guys in your rotation normally. You might not get much more than 9, 10, or 11. Use those last couple of – of scholarship spots um, if you can and give them to guys who've worked hard for you as walk-ons and bring a lot to the program. Preston Cook, definitely that for Auburn. So shout out Preston Cook uh, getting getting that honor uh, last week. Let me take uh, a victory lap here first. as well. Okay. Good work, Preston Cook. Also good work to the Auburn High School football team for defeating its arch rival, Opelika, what I understand was a very close and tense game. So shouts out. Shouts out to the boys in blue. We love you. Yep. Uh, Although they may have worn white, I have no idea. I think they would probably wear white on the road, but they uh, are details. wearing Details. Dear old Auburn High with the with the dub. Um, There's probably like football. ten people that are like, "Word, I like this part of the podcast." Yeah, I will shout a shout out though. I mean, we we all we all want to be safe, and we all want to you know take the necessary precautions and all that. And the Delta variant and all the tests and stuff like that, or the positive cases, are real. But I will say this. If you are comfortable doing so, Friday nights, go watch a high school football game somewhere. They're a lot of fun. Jump into I mean, the I community, go, I, baby. I go, I go you know, help out at OA News um, as much as I can. Um, no, you do it I only for fun. the money. You just do it for do the it gigantic all. amount of money that they give you. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Although a nice perk. Did y'all end up getting the uh, recommendation that you made for food? No, we didn't. Oh, sad. Well, I'll move yeah. on. I don't want it to be a sore spot. You were saying good things about going out and supporting your local high yeah. school teams. Yeah, wherever you're at, go check out some high school football. It's fun. Um, it's it's really cool to be out there again. I enjoy covering it because it's uh, you know it's 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 more of the it's more of the purely fun side of covering sports without all the you know the junk that comes. I mean, even in college, not even we're not even talking NFL, but. You know, we're talking about stuff like TV money and NIL and, uh, you know, transfer portal and uh, conference realignment. There's all these things that kind of cloud a lot of stuff and, and kind of take away the focus off of what's really there, and it's the players and the coaches. And I think high school football is a good way to get to that. And the cool thing about high school football is wherever you live, there is someone playing high school football near you. Um, so it's not like you have to make the long trip to go to Auburn and, and watch a game or, you you know, wherever the nearest college is or the nearest pro team. So high school football, check it out. Highly recommend. Five stars. Um, Clear eyes. Where are we at? Where are we at now? Probably the defensive line, but I don't really care. You can do you, baby. <laughs> so I like, I like where, what I'm seeing out of Marcus Harris. I think he is probably going to be your starter. Um, Tony Fair is a large individual. Um, probably a nose him. Mark Marquise Burks is going to be interesting to see how they all shake that out. Saw some JJ Pegues out there. Uh, JJ Pegues as uh, Dan Peck friend of the program uh, was, was noting uh, on Saturday, getting some hard coaching from uh, Nick Eason. I think Eason sees there's a lot of potential in that dude. And you got he's he's got a lot to learn. Um, so Pekis getting some second team work. I think he could get in the rotation that there's that tier right now of like him, Dre Butler, Zykevious Walker, uh, uh, all kind of in the mix there. Um, so I wouldn't rule any of those guys out, uh, at that spot. Linebackers, you know what, you know what's going on. Should there. we bother? Should we bother to talk about them? I don't think so. I think they're going to be fine and you know, they're going to be really, really good. And you got two captains there in uh, Chandler Wooten and Owen Papo. Uh, as long and and the and the number one tackler in college football in in Jacoby McLean, so check check check. Um, Was I not paying attention when you talked about TD Moultrie? So let's go to let's go to the edge spots here. Derek Hall and TD Moultrie being the first team that is something we've seen regularly throughout camp. Ekuliota getting a nice little sack with the second team uh, during teamwork at one point. Also on the second team, we're seeing Romello Height play there. Down on the list, uh, Dylan Brooks. Uh, Caleb Johnson down there, you know, with the, with the, with the threes mostly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of your, kind of your spot. The TD Moultrie, I think, you know, I was asked on Zach's podcast earlier this week, locked on Auburn on Friday. It was like, what's up with TD Moultrie be, being, he, I think he's kind of got some of that shed Jackson to him where it's like, oh yeah, like really that guy is, you know, cause you, you know, the the word on Moultrie has always been the same thing. It's like, well, it's it's not he hasn't been able to put it all together yet. Why is it? Why is it now? And people forget that TD Moultrie coming out of high school was a five star linebacker and a linebacker, not a defensive end, a linebacker. And I think this this kind of gets a little bit closer to his roots. He can play in space a little bit more. He he is doing some of the stuff that he. It's just getting him back to his roots, I think. And so it's not surprising at all to see him contribute. I think if he stays the course, he can be a really good weapon because he looks good. I mean, he 
really, really does look good. I will say one thing about the linebackers, though, Painter. Big development in linebacker land. Um, Desmond Tisdall is wearing a neck roll now. Oh, big swaggy. Co- big covered neck roll. And as I said in the in the live observations, automatically that just makes you a better linebacker in my eyes. Like I'm, I see that and I'm like, oh yeah, this dude's gonna be really good one day. I relate you to Carlos Dansby. I just remember like, and this is a sore subject, obviously among Auburn fans, but another dear old Auburn high grad, sweet sweet Ruben. Ruben, Fo- Ruben Foster wore one in Alabama, and it's like you got to worry about dudes who who are like, I will hit you so hard that I need to have something to catch <laughs> catch me on the other side. Like, I believe I've woo. made this analogy before, but it's like if you're going to have the brightest colored, flashiest cleats in soccer, you need to be good to be able to do mm-hmm. so, or you look like a punk. And I would equate the same thing to the neck roll, right? It's like you need to be a pretty good player to pull that off. It's a good look, but the right person needs to rock it. So shouts out to Tisdall. I hope that uh, I hope that gives him not just a bump in our own eyes, but also oh, yeah. in his playing time and in his success in bringing Auburn championships well i mean here's the thing success in our eyes is the most important thing you can get but you know secondly you know actually contributing winning for the team secondary is good also secondary is really interesting there's a couple interesting developments here the mystery and the surprise of fall camp has been dreshawn miller because when he committed it was like well here's a guy who's going to be sort of plug him in as like the third guy in the rotation dreshawn miller was with the third team the second team was Roe Torrance, Malcolm Askew on the outside. Roger McCurry and Nehemiah Pritchett at corner, as we expected. Again, like I said, not necessarily going to say this dude was out here and this guy wasn't out here, or this guy wasn't out here because, again, I want to try to follow the rules as much as I can. At nickel, you had Donovan Kaufman, and then you had Devin Geist behind him. Safety. Safety was interesting. They, I've said it. A couple of weeks ago, that I felt like that safety spot feels like a three-man rotation. That you know you have smoke, you have Badarius Knight, and you have Zion Puckett, and it's like mix and match. And we saw it. We I saw every possible combination with the first team. There was a there was a part of in a drill where it was like, so what's smoke doing with the third team? You know, I think just mixing it up, moving around, trying to get some depth things sorted out. So keep that in mind. But I feel like that that's a three t- three-man rotation there. Miller, I just. You'd heard a lot about Roe Torrance. You'd heard a lot in this offseason about Jalen Simpson as well. That has been a surprise to me that Miller has not been that guy, right? And don't know why all the details of that. Don't know the the whole situation. It might just be taking a little bit longer for him to get plugged into the defense and come. You know, it's not saying he's a bust or anything like that by any means. You know, it, he plays well these first couple of games. We could see him play a lot. Just is kind of surprising that there are, that there are a number of corners ahead of him right now. And he's you know on the third team with Eric Reed, uh, Eric Reed Jr., who I really like as well, and I think he's a guy for the future. Um, but when you get him as his transfer and this kind of almost one and done type of player, you think, oh, he's going to plug right in, kind of like with Knighton, kind of like with uh, Kaufman, Robertson, Harris, Fair, that whole gang, Ekuliota as well, getting in the mix in, in that in that edge spot, and that, that that just doesn't seem to be the case right now. I would say the timeline is certainly a little bit surprising. If you had told me it took him two to three weeks to catch up and we had seen him playing with the twos and threes a lot up until about this point, I'd have been like, well, yeah, that's not totally unrealistic. But as the season is now 
single digit days away, it's like, okay, this was a guy that I essentially thought plug him in behind McCreary yeah. and Pritchett. And at least right now, maybe that's just not the case, which I suppose you can look at in one of two ways. Auburn has a lot of other good options. I think I think that says a lot about the guys that are ahead of them. Right. And then I think uh, you can... Especially Ro Torrance. Right. So, you know, it's maybe all about uh, the perspective here. You go in half glass, uh, half glass, glass, half, half full. Glass. There we go. We love being half glass. <laughs> I don't even want to know what that means. That probably has some secondary meaning. Um, uh, so, secondary, uh, special teams... Looks like Javarius Johnson, the short king, is going to be the guy at punt returner. We have seen Nehemiah Pritchett back there as well. We have seen some Demetrius Robertson back there as well. Um, keep an eye out on that. Kick return. The first two kick returners out there, Sean Shivers and Donovan Kaufman. Donovan Kaufman was a really good kick returner, not only in high school, but those two games he played at Vanderbilt. Sean Shivers, great. You know who wasn't working that much, if at all, at kick returner? Tank Bigsby, which is great news for Auburn because I don't think you want to run him into that. Um, if you are down a touchdown in a game and want, want a spark, maybe you throw him out there, but you, I don't think you want to do that regularly. The old risk-reward, as they say. The most dangerous play in football is the kickoff. Just gigantic car crashes. It's just 11 car crashes, 10 mostly, uh, all over the field. The kicker usually doesn't put himself in that, but... Um, Every now and again, you have one. Uh, did uh, did Anders have one? Uh, you have that uh, in the LSU that game. Was, yeah, I mean he's right had some he's had time? some good open he's had some good open field tackles in the past. Kind of slide tackle <laughs> that one that looked like a slide tackle where he's just like I'm, I'm gonna come and clean you up, bud. Here I don't you know go. if Anders has ever laid the wood per se, but he's had he some could, nice shoestring tackles. Huge. He is a large he boy, is huge. The opposite huge of Javarius Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. he he is huge for a kicker. Um, so it looks also like the punter situation might be eh, might be Oscar Chapman, might be Aiden Marshall. I think two very different approaches to punting with the Aussie style and the American style. But um, Aussie, Aussie, very, Aussie. So be very curious to see how all that works out. But that is kind of a rundown of what we learned at practice. Um, let's see some more takeaways. It rained on me a little bit. You know, that Jeff Shears' fun. hair was looking great from what I saw. Jeff Shears looking great. Uh, we love the Silver Fox and, and everything he does for, for Auburn Athletics. Um, also, one of my friends was spying on y'all. He was not too far away from you, making sure you were behaving. Ah, that's good. Good good call, friend. Um, the music at the practice... <laughs> I, I tried like how to this, is, this has become a thing for you, that people are actively... Right. They, it's not only that you tell people, but people now actively seek you out to know, what is the DJ doing? So this felt like what they play before games, the playlist, right? It's like the pregame Jordan Hare PA stuff. More than necessarily, like, we didn't hear, like, War Pigs this time around we didn't hear some of the stuff that we heard we didn't hear migos like we didn't hear you know some of the stuff we heard in, in practices it seemed like this seemed like the the aux cord was like all right this is what we're this is like normal pre-game operations uh dan peck i mentioned earlier said it sounded like a game where uh the parents got to pick a song and then the kids got to pick a song and they went back and forth that way we'll say though if this is the move that they are making 
think I know where the you're one going that with got, this. The one that got the most buzz when because I, I had to tweet it out on its own is Olivia Rodrigo. They play good for you, banger. Even though it is pretty much a ripoff of Misery Business by Paramore, um, what are you which do? I'm fine with. What are you? Because you know. well, I'm fine with. I, Paramore is one of my all-time favorite bands. Imitation, once, the sincerest form of flattery. Yeah, I once yelled uh, for Haley Williams to marry me at a Warp tour when I was in high school. That's okay. There we go. Didn't work. It didn't work, but you know, well, maybe what she's one doing day. Now, uh, she had a she put out a solo album earlier this year. Like Paramore's still together, but um, she put out a solo album earlier this year. It's, it was really good. Was she the um, one that performed the pop single? airplanes with our guy bob bob yes wow good work there painter yeah good job painter so olivia rodrigo playing up there got a lot of reaction big big news here though as we're recording this luke deal says he tweet he found, he found my tweet he quote tweeted and said we need this game one so all right luke deal you're not luke in deal, the another ferg no i mean She's she at one point in time she was like the most played person on Spotify by a large margin and like yeah she's, outdoing the likes of Katy Perry, Justin she's Bieber, good. yeah, impressive. So so Olivia Rodrigo, good for you. We're putting that we're putting that on the list this year. You think we can get her to a game? <laughs> get her in some orange and blue gear. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, old Miss got Katy Perry to come to a game, so. And she, to my knowledge, had no real connection to Ole Miss. Yeah, interesting thing that she really went all the way in on that. Right. So if Auburn needs to adopt a pop star, I think I think you can do well with, with, with Olivia. Certainly you could um, do worse. Well, you could do a whole lot worse. Um, what else is there to say about the open practice? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Nothing else kind of jumping immediately to mind. Anything, anything pressing on your... On your noggin. I had a good time listening to you on the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck, who's now gotten a third reference in this podcast. That is Dan, how much we Dan love the all over this podcast of, uh, of the Dan Peck Radio Network. You guys were sounding man. great. Uh, was Bill crushing mm-hmm. it? Bill always is crushing it. You know that. I love you that. You know that. We need to put the drop right here of Bill crushing it. Yeah, this is a direct message to Mayor Bill de Blasio. Bill, you're crushing it. And then we went to CC's. Yeah, that was great. We had to do that one more time before we went out. You you kind of felt it on that one, didn't you? Yeah, I was struggling. I think I only had four or five pieces of pizza. I did go back for pasta a number of times, but I, I don't think I performed. The last two efforts, subpar by me. But I'd also like to imagine that, that I thought about trying to see you again before I leave the state. But then I was like, actually... I'm sure that'll happen. But at the same time, I like the idea of saying goodbye to you in a CC's parking lot. It, it it is very fitting. It was it, it was very fitting if that was, if that was the case. All right. Before we wrap up this podcast, we've got a few more things to discuss, uh, but it's time for plugs, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start off with one of the plugs that we mentioned earlier, to a degree. Opelika Auburn News. Check them out. Check, support uh, Justin Lee, Jordan Hill, Justin Jake Lee, Weiss. editor. Deputy editor. There we now. go. Yeah, let's get the titles right, Painter. 
Yeah, well, uh, read their stuff for all things uh, high school football in the area. Um, their Auburn coverage as well. No one's going to cover SUNY Lee better. Uh, Lee got a one-on-one interview with, with SUNY, and there's a lot of stuff coming from that. I'll check that out, oanow.com. Shouting it out for the boys over there. I want to also shout out our friends over at The War Report on YouTube. Check them out. We're going to continue to do uh, our uh, For the Record series with them using stats from The Observer uh, throughout football season. So looking forward to that, having a lot of fun there. Also, we have more reviews to read, Painter. We've got two more. All right. You good with that? My favorite part of doing all this, getting to hear about how good I am. Please go. Podcast app. Painter, give them the rundown. What do, you, what do you need to do to help us out the most? Are you rating, reviewing, and subscribing? Have you been ignoring me for nearly a year at this point? Nearly a year. Uh, let me just take a moment to say that I am disappointed and that if you are not rating, reviewing, and subscribing on a daily basis, you're doing it wrong. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And I'm going to stop saying please because it's time, baby. It's time. I deserve it. I, deserve I am no it. longer asking. I um, deserve it. So the easiest way to rate and review and subscribe, some of you use other apps um, for podcast. And we love that if you do. But if you have the means to do so, what really helps us out the most is Apple Podcasts. So if you have an Apple device or if you can find a way to the Apple Podcast on a web browser, easiest way, though, is on an Apple device if you've got it. Go to the app. Go to the bottom right corner. Tap the search button. Type in Auburn Observer. Click on that. Scroll down there to uh, ratings and reviews. Go down to the little button that says write a review. Five stars, something nice about Painter, does help us a lot, right? There's other ways to get to the reviews and all that, but the searching and the, you know, searching it out, clicking on it and going to the review helps us out the most. That's the easiest and best way to help us. And as we said, as we get all of our reviews on there when they come in, whether it's on this podcast or the premium one in the midweek, we read them out. So we got two to read, and uh, we really, really appreciate all the kind words. Had some really... Had some really nice ones also on the on the Observer website this week, um, which were which were really cool to read. Um, so shout out to shout out to y'all as well. Here it is from CW seven seven seven, going out there slot machine style. Says longtime listener, first time reviewer here. That's somebody who's fond of instructions there, Painter. Love that you're couldn't, in. You're cool. Couldn't ask for a better podcast to dive into Auburn athletics. I always count the days until the next one comes out. Appreciate all the hard work, fellas. Thank you, CW. Very nice of you to say. This is all, it's our next one. Um, this one is related to the pumpkin spice uh, uh, review the that we discourse. gave last week. Yeah, the discourse. It's from CCS4AU. Heart, little heart emoji, pumpkin mm-hmm. spice. Mm-hmm. Love the show and ready to go. Nine days. Not ready for Christmas stuff yet, but you can ice those pumpkin spice lattes. That's a good point. It's a good point. They will put it on ice for you. So, not ready for Christmas stuff yet, even though I'm I'm pretty sure that's coming up like it's Christmas horrifyingly time. soon. It is. <laughs> As Painter always time. says. Okay, so like you said, Painter, you always say Christmas is right around the corner. What's a good thing to give people at Christmas? Normally, if you go to the Auburn Observer and read Ferg's good work, there's a button that says give a gift subscription, and then you give it, and then it's Christmas. Absolutely. It's Christmas every day when you do that. AuburnObserver.com, check it out. I know some of you guys, or a lot of you guys who listen to this, are 
already paid subscribers. You're in the inner circle. You get all the newsletters. You get the premium podcast in the midweek. You get twice the amount of me and Painter. Two times. uh, In your audio audio, uh, devices. AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month, $60 a year is a great way to do it. Um, Just sign up. Sign up there. Pay your pay your subscription. The workday is eight hours long. That's forty hours a week. Mm-hmm. I know you're not busy for forty hours a week. Exactly. I know you got some uh, downtime. Get off the Excel spreadsheet. Get off the line in the kitchen. I don't know where you work. It's not my business. What is my business is rating, reviewing, and subscribing, and also giving a gift subscription so it can be Christmas. Six. Dollars a month or sixty dollars a year gets you ready to go. We are coming up on our one year anniversary of the Observer. You know, we might do something special around then. Who knows? We'll see. Mm. But that's coming up this. That's coming up this week. Uh, I'm knocking around some ideas in my head. As, we'll, we'll see. As is the football season right around the corner, folks. Yeah. But yes, I like the idea of what Ferg's uh, putting out right there. Keep putting out, Ferg. Yeah. Oh wow, that's a weird, that's no, a, that's no, a weird no, no. sentence. <laughs> that was intentional. We we love it when Ferg's yeah. doing good work. So, some of you financially don't have it in you right now, you know, to to subscribe. Want to stick to the free podcast? We appreciate you and we love you guys just the same. Just rate and review and subscribing, going that extra mile really really helps us out. So we appreciate that as well. Also, got a really cool little. Uh, Bonus plug here. You this said Lil to real it. nice. I liked how you did that. Lil, Lil Sebastian. Lil, Lil Sebastian, Lil Baby, Lil... What was it? What are the other Lils? Well, Young Lil Dolph. Female. Nope, but okay. Um, all right. This uh, So one of our dear Inner Circle members, uh, a regular mailbag question asker... Um, which is coming back this Friday, by the way. Took a couple of weeks off, um, but we are back on Friday. Back on our Friday mailbag, so get your questions in for game week number one. We'll, we're coming back with a bang. Uh, Billy from Atlanta uh, had this to share with me today uh, via email, and I wanted to give this out to everyone here. Billy said, uh, I'm set to attend uh, the opener, Auburn versus Akron, on September 4th. Already bought parking, got a couple of tickets. However, the but his buddy that he was planning on going with uh, tested positive for COVID and is no longer able to attend. So, Billy has a ticket for a member of the Auburn Observer community. And guess what? He's just going to give it to you. He's not selling it. He's just going to give it to you. We're spreading love. We're spreading generosity and kindness here. He wanted to see if anybody out there listening just want him. All he's got is one ticket. You know, he's just got one ticket, but he's got a free one if if you ask for it. Two, contact Billy. It's going to be first come, first serve. Whenever this podcast comes out, if you get to this point in the podcast and you hear it and you're like, man, I would love, I need one ticket. I just need to get that one ticket. Say his phone like number ticket. and address. Here, here's the email address. He wants you to email him. All right, so the email address. Email Billy, first come, first serve if you want this ticket. K-S-U-W-E-D-W-A-R-D-9 at gmail.com. So that is K-S-U-W-Edward9 at gmail.com. I told him we're going to put it in the podcast. It'll be the easiest way to get to it. If you want one, he's got one. He's just got one ticket uh, with, you know, 
for his friend that he wasn't uh, is not going to be able to attend. So he wanted to give it to somebody who is in the who is in as he said the observer network. So if you want to take ticket, fire off an email to Billy. I told him uh, to expect it that it was going to come up here on Sunday morning. So someone get that man a pretzel, maybe a beverage yeah. if you're into that. I don't know, but definitely a jumbo pretzel. Very generous. Yes. We love that. Yes. So shout out to Billy uh, from Atlanta and uh, all of his all of his uh, great questions that he gives in the mailbags and also his generosity here uh, with the uh, with the ticket. So there's our plugs. We did. All it. right. We did it. We did it. So before we go, mm-hmm. Painter, the season has come upon us. We don't like doing predictions on here, but you do. Um. This is the final preseason podcast we do when we talk uh, next. In the midweek will we'll be our game preview episode. Another good reason to subscribe. $6 a month, $60 a year. Because you get that premium pod and you get the game preview podcast. Because when we do them during the season, the weekend ones are always the recap ones, right? So, I want the Painter Sharpless final record prediction. I want you to put it on the record for Locked us. in. Guaranteed. Never been wrong. That's why you come here. Yep. What are we thinking? I'm working the system here. I've got a little play in my head about how I feel about this, about the optimism, about the what ifs. Seven and five. Now, <laughs> there is a reason that I feel this way. I'm not going to okay. divulge that, but just trying to get it out there. Good vibes, baby. Good vibes. I know seven and five isn't good vibes. But wait for it, all right? You're wanting. You would love nothing more than to be wrong in the positive. You're getting there. You're warming up. You're warming mm-hmm. up, baby. And also, okay, statistically so, speaking, I mean, seven and five. You know, after last year, I got to get one right occasionally. So I'm hedging my bets. Chaos Auburn, do your thing. So I'm in the seven and five camp as well. I feel like that's where the numbers have, you know, bored out the best. I can be talked into eight and four because I think if this team clicks, right, I think there is enough talent on this football team that they can exceed expectations. I definitely do. Um, I think there's a lot of newness and a lot of there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be learning curve, whatever metaphor you want to use for that. But I do think that if it clicks and it all comes together, the way the schedule shakes out, I feel like there's some there's a good spot where they could get to the eight and four. Nine and three, I think you're thinking, wow, what a season, you know. Because at nine and three, you've probably beaten Penn State and LSU, right? Maybe you, Texas A like, and I mean, given that Auburn's right. had some success on the road there, but that team but okay. So talented. so if you go nine and if you go nine and three, right? If you go nine and three between Penn State, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A and M, LSU, and let's say Ole Miss because they're preseason and ranked, you're going five hundred against those teams. And I think a lot of people just generally like vibing Ooh. here think Ole Miss is better than Auburn this year. That seems yes. to be the consensus from what I'm picking up on the internet and on SEC Network anyway. Two right. very perfect inventions. But I think there are going to be – I mean, there's going to be – with a first-year team, I think there's going to be games where they maybe play above their head, above expectations. I think there's going to be times where it's going to be frustrating and, and disappointing for Auburn fans. So I think where the schedule bears it out, 7-5 and five is good. Like – you feel good about three the three non-conference games that aren't Penn State, right? Boom, boom, boom. Those are three wins. I think you feel good about South Carolina 
we'll see how South Carolina picks it up this year. And you know you just lost to there last season, but it was a weird – South Carolina's not going to be nearly as good as they were last season because of some of the players they lost. And on top of that, they weren't very good to begin with. Um, state at home, you know, go to Arkansas. You feel good about those games. But, yeah, that, you know – Basically, if you're talking about the six toughest games this season, how do you feel about them if you're if you're Auburn? And it's like, do they win just one? Do they win just two? Do they go three and three, and three on them? Um, three and three on so, them. I don't know. So, just so if you're thinking, so, so if you're thinking five, if you're thinking five losses, are you willing to go out there and say which ones are L's, or are you just you just putting that? Like, if you went game by game, do you have a do you have a spot? I guess the most likely thing is that they manage to not win tough early games. I don't know if you can call the LSU game early at that point. We're almost at the midway point of the season. But Penn State, right. it's early. One of the best environments in college football. Curious about how good that offense looks for Penn State. Uh, but I would expect, you know. Yeah, honestly, I think the teams that I think they'll lose to if they do go 7-5 and five are all the teams that are at least as good or better than them. I have – Optim- so who do they pick off? Who do they pick off in that group? I think Ole Miss? Ole Miss is the team that I go. Yeah, I can understand why it is people feel good about Lane Kiffin. They probably overperformed a little bit last year. He may be the best play caller in college football. They're exciting. Uh, can they play defense? Still not sure about that. Is their roster better than Auburn's? No, it is not. Uh, is that game at home for Auburn? Yes, it is. And so it's like that's one where I can go. Yeah, I can see Auburn pulling that one off. Now, of course, you do start getting nervous of Auburn struggling offensively. It's like, oh, that could be a toughie because, you know, that's something that team is going to do is run up and down the field. So, I, you know, if they go 7-5, and five, I won't be surprised if it's – this is the most boring answer possible, that they just lose to all the teams that are as talented or mm-hmm. more talented. Penn State, LSU, uh, A&M, Georgia, Alabama. And I guess maybe you could convince yourself that Auburn could beat LSU – and then lose yeah. to Ole Miss because, like, we just don't oh, know oh, yeah. what LSU is going to look that, like. I think that is. But I am. I think, that is, I think that is more likely than the opposite. I am more. I in the same way that I think Georgia will win a national title with Kirby Smart. It's like, well, I'll also just believe it when I see it. But it should happen. Like Auburn has yeah. to beat LSU in Baton Rouge at some point. And, and this I, is a year where it's like, well, might be the year. And I think the other thing hanging over this season is also is like the COVID the COVID issue is going to be something. And again, vaccination rate, we don't know where exactly where Auburn is, but we do know that even if you have a high vaccination rate, this is something that you might have to deal with because there are breakthrough cases. There are people, you know, who are testing positive who are vaccinated. We're seeing this in the NFL now as well. So that's something I think is kind of where I don't feel great about it. But like Auburn stays healthy throughout the season. I could be talked into eight and four, right? I feel like that that is that is definitely you know possible, and I think eight and four this season is not a bad one. Um, I just my my big takeaway is that people are kind of more down on this team. They saying like, "Ooh, they'll be struggling to make a bowl." I just think there's too much talent on this team. I really do. I think they have inherited a lot of talent, and I think even though there's some there's a learning curve and some adjustments to be made, obviously, and it's a work in progress, especially. A lot depends on how the wide receivers gel, how that offensive line goes, how much the quarterback uh, play goes. Right, it's going to hinge a lot, and there's a lot of there's a lot of scenarios that can spin out from that. I mean, this is a team that won six SEC games last season, right? And 
you lose a lot at wide receiver. But that's pr- pretty much it, you know? Like, you know, you're not losing a ton more outside of that. And so I just think there's a natural baseline level of talent on this team that I don't think they're going to be struggling to make a bowl game. Did I uh, understand? Some people think. Did I understand you that you think the Ole Miss game is more likely to be an L than the LSU game? Is that because it's just I, one, I have such a hard I think time if believing I pick, it because of where I, it's being played? But then again, like I, yeah. Ed Orgeron may not be the coach at the end of this year. Yeah, I just LSU is so combustible, and I just think like my question is, can Auburn keep up offensively with with Ole Miss? Because I think Ole Miss's offense is going to be really good. Could they win both of them? Like, yeah, I think there's an easy scenario where Auburn goes eight and four, and they lose to A and M, Georgia, Alabama, and Penn State, and then beat LSU and beat Ole Miss. I think that's an easy scenario to 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 square out. And then, who who knows, man? Like that's the thing about picking Auburn against they're unpredictable, right? And if you want to believe in that, okay, well, no one's really buying into Auburn this season. This is usually where they kind of over overachieve exceed expectations not saying they're going to go play for the national title this year but i think i mean i i think there is a the formula for auburn this season and a lot is going to hit like to beat good teams to beat really good teams who they play a good number of this season pretty much half to beat really good teams bo nix has to be better you got to get better play more consistent play at your quarterback spot your offensive line has to be better and those wide receivers have to grow up in a hurry right to beat good teams you have to do that but I think Auburn's defense has the potential to be one of the better ones in the SEC this season. And I think you have one of the most naturally gifted and talented running backs in the country in Tank Bigsby. I think a good running game and a good defense with a coaching staff that will play to that more because that's more of their MO than you've seen in the past. I think I I think that, that Auburn can exceed expectations by sticking to that formula. Now, are they gonna be the sexiest team in the world? Are they gonna win all the all the style points? Sexy. No. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think that's the case. But um, there's just a good. There's just a good baseline level of talent here, right? And you I mean that is how I second, can convince myself of Ole Miss. That defense has several NFL guys on it, right? Period. They did. They have several NFL draft picks that are going to be starting on that defense next season. That is not a guarantee on all, with all these teams on Auburn's roster on Auburn's schedule, except for like Alabama, and Georgia, I mean, even Texas A and M. You can be like, eh, maybe. Like, it's not like A and M's pumping out defensive studs so this you know, may not named miles garrett this may get me a little flack but i'm okay with it because i'm brave i yes. am outside of auburn's games of course the game i'm most excited about this season is the alabama texas a&m game so you and kirk herb street have the same opinion because i think that is a oh, weird take i probably i don't know what his take is i think Alabama's he said that gonna, was the Alabama's game he was gonna whip them uh, I can't believe okay. that Jimbo Fisher opened his mouth like that. You don't talk okay, to Dad right, like so that. Okay, so that makes sense. <laughs> so, so Herb Street, I saw a thing. It was like he was doing his preseason awards. He's like most anticipated game of the season is like A and M and Alabama. And I'm like, why? Why? You, you're not excited about the Alabama Georgia SEC games. championship, Kurt? Yeah. Like I, I think that's the that's the game I'm more excited about is when those two teams meet in the SEC championship and maybe yeah, both of them like, still make the playoff. Like, I don't know, man. Like, Georgia-Clemson seems like it'd be a fun game this year. I don't know. Almost, it's going to be great that that's the first week because it— Oklahoma-Iowa State should be fun. Right. I almost wish the Georgia-Clemson game was, like, the second or third week just so those teams could settle in a little more. But the first week is an absolute banger. Oh, yeah. So, no complaints on that end. So, 
we'll see how it goes. What we'll also see is, um, you know, I don't gamble. I don't bet. But I do like picking picking sports sports games. Um, what did you do today? What did you do today? Tell the people Called about it, baby. Tell Believe the people about in Scott Bert. Frost. Believe in Burt. Happy Scott Frost Day, Illinois over Nebraska. I'm telling you, man, if you want to win the sacks of money, here you go. That's me. Follow me. Follow me. I'm gonna be your. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the pick housing this year. I'm. I'm just. I'm doing it. Right. We. We believe. Ask Jordan Hill. Ask. Jordan Hill has this thing where he uh, a lot of his friends he has like all these people who pick games every week. I forgot to do that. And this giant competition, who won it last year running away? This guy, this guy. If you want to, if you want to be, if you want to Are be you trying to get rich quick. Yeah, you know what? Money line. I can help you out. Spreads. Spreads are a little more difficult. That's that's. I know that's that's big boy betting and. You know, but hey, if you if you would have believed me and would have been on Illinois today, you would at least done it because they they covered because I think Nebraska was like like an eight or nine point favorite. So I don't know what to tell you, boys. Believe in them. Also, Scott Frost, like it's just further proof that we have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to coaching hires because everybody thought that was a slam dunk, and brother, it looks bad. They look bad out there. Goodbye, Scott Frost. This is your last year. Who do you think the next coach in Nebraska is going to be? It doesn't matter. They're going to still be can bad. I, can I put one into the universe for you? Yes. Nebraska head coach Tom Herman. That'd be kind of fun. I think I saw Josh Dub on Twitter say, and I hope I'm not getting this wrong, Will Muschamp? So yeah. It seemed like a Muschamp move to just be like, I'll go fail here too as a head coach. It's no problem. Oh, man. Man, they just don't have any skill position talent. It's wild. Anyway, happy week zero, everyone. Week one's just around the corner. Sad that my beloved Hawaii rainbows are kind of trash this year. Um, not looking good for you, boy. Ty Graham was a bad hire. Tell you that much. Um, but we will be back later this week for the members of the Inner Circle where we will preview the Akron game in its entirety just for you. We'll be hearing from uh, Brian Harson. We'll be hearing from Auburn players throughout the week. Um, seems like there's going to be a little bit of a shakeup with the schedule. You know, we're used to those Tuesday press conference, Tuesday morning press conferences. I'm hearing that those might be on the move a little bit. You know, mm. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying that yet, but maybe by the time this is out, that'll be common knowledge. But we will talk to you later this week. It's a great time to sign up for the Observer. Six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. One year anniversary on Wednesday. Cannot thank you guys enough for making this. Uh, even possible. I mean, for those of you who subscribe and tell your friends and give gift subscriptions, I mean, this thing, here's the thing. There's a lot of people I know who do, well, not a lot, but there, there are a few people I know who do these newsletters and stuff like that. And a lot of it has been, you know, people are challenged to be like, all right, how do I get people to subscribe? How do I get people to, you know, to and they and they go on advertising and they do buys and stuff like that. This has been a word of mouth and word of social media thing, right? This is you guys. This is you guys telling 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 the folks at home, spreading the good word, and you've made it all possible. When we started this, it's like, hey, let's check it out and see if this works. Maybe it'll work. And then within a month, we were like, all right, this is definitely going to work, and we're going to start doing this now, you know, 
as as ways to make as to ways to make money and 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 earn a living so yeah y'all blew up our expectations it was it was uh excellent like ferg said quickly became a realization thank you all in all seriousness uh and also the uh photo of uh chandler wooten and his child is perhaps the most adorable thing you will see today absolutely we're bearing down on 900 subscribers Check out the photo of Chandler Wooten's Ch- Chandler Wooten and his child. I think Justin Check out Lee Olivia. put it out. Check out Olivia Rodrigo's uh, music. Uh, <laughs> we'll get her to play us out here. Uh, Painter, final thoughts before we end the final podcast of year one of The Observer. He's thinking really hard. He didn't forget to edit this. He is just thinking right now. Thank you.